0: Welcome to Latino greatness. In this episode, our guest is Stan Bennett. Stan Bennett, he's the Director of Government at First for the American Center for Law and Justice. He's really motivated to write by a belief that God called us in all walks of life to draw others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Latino greatness, Stan.
1: Marco, it's so great to be with you. Thank you for inviting me to be with you for a few minutes.
0: Man, you are the author of two of my favorite books in search of the king, and my family is famous.
1: I so appreciate that, Marco. Maybe I should uh, I should pay you for that endorsement. But no, I I, um, I really appreciate that, you know, this journey to writing has been something that it's, it's sort of outside my profession, right? I work in the public policy space, but just in that brief introduction you gave, um, God really has been calling me for a long time specifically to write uh, for him and for this message. And so uh finally after after a long time of disobedience quite frankly 15 years of telling god that i wasn't an author um i agreed to to obey him and maybe i can tell you some of that backstory in a minute but the result you're right has been there's been two books uh, these two books right here come out in the last few years in search of the King, them. my fame his fame so god is good marco
0: yeah i see that and i i have like a question when do you and discovered the call of God to write these books. Yeah. Like, when does it was that God tell you, okay, you need to write this book for me right. to show the people and the culture and
1: everything. Yeah, let me tell you that story because that really is the origin of all this. Back in about 2000, actually it was February of 2000, I can tell you pretty specifically, I heard God telling me to write a book based on Psalm 119, 105, which is that word... Uh, is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. I wanted to write a book called A Path Illuminated, where uh, it, was, it was just telling people that following God is one step at a time. You have to take one step of obedience before his word will illuminate uh, the next step. And and Marco, I, I spent 15 years telling God that I was not the right person to write that book because I was in public policy and politics and then I wasn't an author. And I can tell you the date where... Finally, God broke through, and I, I agreed to obey. It was April nineteenth, two 2015, and my pastor, Mark Batterson was giving a message called uh, One Little Yes. And actually, I think while I talk, maybe I can pull this out. I keep in my desk actually a card from that message, One Little Yes. And basically, it was a message saying uh, that, that God is calling you to take a step of obedience, and you need to leave the results with Him. Uh, and I knew what God was calling me to do. He was calling me to be obedient and to, to begin this journey of writing and to sort of leave the results to Him. And uh, so that's what I did. I committed to one hour every morning to writing until the job was done and uh, completed that first book. And, and Marco, that first book didn't didn't publish. It didn't contract. Uh, but it was God's way of getting me to have a relationship with Him that I would obey no matter what the results were. And... A lot of back and forth in between there. I'll cut out a lot of the story, but essentially that was what he required to then sort of break through into this world where I would have an opportunity to publish uh, the two books that, that you've read and that we're talking about today. So it always starts with us, Marco. We've got to learn the lessons first before he can work through us. Yeah, because
0: actually in the book, while well, the the title, My Fame, His Fame, we mm-hmm. try to be famous. We don't concentrate in making famous God. To God, right? So, like, I love a phrase that says, uh, "It's better to be known than to be famous." So, describe me that phrase that you use it a lot in your book.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a reorientation, a redefinition of what it means uh, to pursue fame in our lives. You know, we we have a we have an obsession with fame in our culture, Marco. But it's one that's rooted in self, right? It's rooted in eyes on us and. In the book, I try to recast that for believers of Jesus Christ, that really a pursuit of fame should be about, first of all, being known by our creator, being known by Jesus Christ, but then also using whatever leverage, whatever platforms we have to make him known and to make him famous in our world. And, um, you know, I I think there's maybe a a secondary temptation for believers to sort of cast aside this idea of fame, like something that we shouldn't be pursuing. And Marco, I don't, I don't think that's consistent with scripture because you see uh, God promising Abraham that he's going to make him a great nation. You see him uh, telling Joshua that his fame would spread through the land. And then uh, ultimately you have this this dialogue with Habakkuk that much of the book is actually based on, the, the story of Habakkuk. Uh, well, God- about the story of Habakkuk.
0: Well, after this, tell you okay. about the story of Habakkuk. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, just to wrap up the idea of fame um, with, with, with Habakkuk and Joshua and Abraham, it was never that God was saying, reject this pursuit of, of fame or grandiose achievement it was think about making me famous don't don't worry about your reputation i'll take care of that but look, commit your life to making me famous and and that's sort of the reorientation i hope readers walk away with it's not to not to fade away into the background but it's to use every leverage point that you have every influence of your life for his glory not our own
0: yeah, because I have heard that the best that the best leader is the follower like mm-hmm. you are you are a follower of Jesus But you are actually my leader with mm-hmm. those books. And mm-hmm. I mean we should follow uh, our pastors our Parents and Jesus to to be a good leader for our community.
1: Yeah, man Marco I love that you say that because this is something this, this is so key because we're taught in this society to be leaders, to take the leadership mantle. And leadership is a good thing, but it's only valuable if, it, if you acquire it as a result of following hard after Jesus. Because I've got to tell you, there's a lot of very effective ways to become a leader and to get people to follow you. But if they're following you, and your only focus is on what will appease them and keep them following you, you're gonna lead them in a direction that ultimately destroys them. So. The, the only leadership that really has any value is, is if we make sure that our eyes are focused on the one that the scripture says we're supposed to follow hard after, and we don't worry about how many are following us, right? It might be a few, it might be a lot, that's really not for us to decide. But if our focus is making sure that we're drawing closer to Jesus Christ, therefore anybody that would be following us would also be drawing closer to him, that's the way to achieve proper leadership it's by not focusing on leadership it's by focusing on following hearts so i love that you seized on that part i think that's really one of the most important messages of the book
0: yeah because god started with 12 disciples yep. and that's uh well that show us like we can build like a great community around god obviously but we can start because many people want to start like big like yeah. always but we can start with small people like Okay, like you said, you didn't publish your first book, but you discovered yourself. Like, okay, now I understand why why God God is calling me to do this. Yeah, we have to know our purpose in life. Like, everyone, everybody has a purpose. Like, God sends us for a purpose here.
1: A hundred percent agree. And you know, um, if we don't take that approach, if we take the approach of trying to not. Uh, not disappoint anyone or making decisions that are based on what is going to keep everybody happy. Uh, Our leadership is going to be worse than worthless, it's going to be destructive and the example I use in the book, there's any number that we could, but you know the one that um, probably the most people resonate with is that example of Pilate, when he knew the truth about Jesus, but he wanted to appease that crowd so desperately. That's what what the phrase says uh, in, in the Bible, it says wanting to please the crowd. He sentenced an innocent man to death, and and look, we we all have been in these situations where we know that one decision is going to make the people happy and it'll probably preserve our reputation, but the other decision, Marco, is the truth, and standing on the truth, even if it doesn't appease the crowd, is what it will ultimately make our life uh, worth something in the end. There might there might be some rough times in between. You mentioned the disciples. You know, eleven of the twelve disciples died a martyr's death. Uh, uh, hopefully that's not the case not the price that we would have to pay uh, but ultimately in order for in order for them to achieve the legacy that they have today, they had to be willing uh, to lay down their own reputation in exchange for following him, so uh, yeah, can be difficult at times, but it's still the right, the right decision to make. Well,
0: the difficult part, part uh, it's already made by Jesus, he died for our Amen. sins, that's the difficult part, we don't have to make that kind of a sacrifice because he made it for us so what we we have to do is like make people follow him mm-hmm. and well another thing i want to talk about is that in your book you talk about rodney you remember the story of rodney we see an angels every day mm-hmm. and we concentrate like we think like praising god is going to church it's not like that i mean following god is like uh feeding the homeless like visiting the prisoners, like you said, and everything we have to do every day, not just going to church.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, um, you, you talked about the commands to feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty, and there, there's a whole line of them. And the thing that I think is so beautiful about this, uh, Marco, is God, God could have set this up where meeting the needs of society didn't require us, right? He's powerful enough to look at the fractures in our culture and find a way to meet them without using us as the as vessels as his creation that's not what he wanted to do because he so craved relationship with you and with me and the people that are listening to this podcast that he designed the way for the world to get his power was to run through us we're the we're sort of the tangibility of his power right we're what makes his power put on flesh and bones and what makes the world feel it and one of the ways that I just visually for me that I think about this is God made me, he made you with connections in two directions. He made us with one connection to connect to him, our creator, so that we would have relationship with him. But then he also made us with the connection to the people around us, to the culture around us. And it's, if those two connections are made properly, it's how his desire that the hungry are fed actually results in 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 a uh, a meal being given to the hungry and it passes through us and Marco if either one of those connections are loose if we're not in tune with what he wants us to do or maybe we are in tune but we're not connected to the culture or we're not willing to serve then his perfect uh, plan for his power reaching culture is short-circuited it doesn't work perfectly it may work another way but it doesn't work through the relationship that he has designed so uh, you're you're right. The, the, the commands that he's given us just don't happen unless we're willing to plug in in both directions.
0: Yeah, because you talk about the word that he made it that way. Mm-hmm. Just imagine like if we live in a perfect world with perfect people because we're not perfect. Right. It will be so boring. Like you will not have place to fail, so it, neither to grow. So Jesus wants that, that we can grow every day and... We have to fail like he failed like everyone failed so i think that's the most important part we we don't have to think we are perfect because we don't know we don't we are not and we will not be we will we will over, we will always fail but we have to know that he will always support us no matter what we do
1: uh, let, me, let me just quickly comment on both those things because I love them. both. First of all, you said that it would be boring if we weren't involved in the solution. That's exactly what God thought. I mean, he says it throughout Scripture that he desires relationship with us so much that he wanted us to be a part of the solution. How amazing is that, that he's chosen to use us in that way? He didn't want to be bored either. He wanted to have relationship with us, and I just think that's incredible. Um, and and I, guess the, I guess the other thing that I, I would say, you said, we, we have to be afraid, uh, not afraid to fail as often. And I actually make the case in my books that I think we should desire to fail more. And that sounds crazy, but here, here's what I mean by it. I don't mean that when you set out to do something you want to fail, no, of course not. But you're, you're, you're never going to succeed in everything that you do. And I think we have to be willing to look at an assignment that God has given us that is beyond our abilities, which, you know, by the way, writing books, I told god for 15 years beyond my ability i can't do it and what god said to me is well i know you can't that's what that's why i'm asking you to do it because i don't really need you to just get to the end of your abilities i need you to put your trust in me so that i can do through you things that are beyond what you can do i created you to be a vessel for me not just someone who uh, puts on display for the world all of your power. So I-, I love that, Mark. How is that gonna result? It'll probably mean that some things don't, don't end up succeeding in the way that we think they should, right? That first book of mine never published. But if we're willing to say, Here, God, here's the best that I can do. Uh, now I put it in your hands, do with it as you will. I think the results are probably gonna be better than if we were uh, too afraid to try in the first place.
0: Yeah, the question always is, "How do I serve?" Mm. I, I love that question. Is that is the question that God? Well, God makes us to ask ourselves, like, "How do I serve?" Nothing else of that.
1: Agreed. Uh, you know, um, I think I put it to you this way: I am so often tempted to think that the world needs me. Yeah. The world needs me to do this or to do this or to you know to be something the world doesn't need me it needs the one who created me but he has designed the way in which the world gets him to be me so am i willing to lay down my belief or my pride that the world might need me and instead devote everything that i have to making sure that the world connects with the one who created me and it might seem like a subtle difference but marco i think that transition is what moves us from a people who says i believe in god to a people who says do it again god do it again god and use me um so i think that subtle difference makes all the difference in the world
0: yeah god greatest desire is to our our relationship with us Mm -hmm. so they just they choose each one of us to make a difference in the world i mean you and i we cannot end the coronavirus but we can help by not spreading it. (laughs) That's right, true. Each one of us plays an important role in community and in the world to follow him.
1: Absolutely, and you know, maybe, um, is this an appropriate time to tell the story of Habakkuk? Because I think it fits in, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, part of the uh, the motivation for this book is the story of Habakkuk, who really illustrates what you just described perfectly. Habakkuk looked around his culture and saw one that was very broken separation from God, and evil triumphing triumphing over, over the righteous, and I think if we look around our world today, we see all matter of calamity, right? We see racial injustice, we see the coronavirus, we see, uh, we, we see a lot of turmoil. Um, and Habakkuk was angry at God for allowing this, and he confronted God uh, with his anger. He said, where are you, God? Why are you allowing all of this to happen? And as, as I read the story of Habakkuk, I think my natural inclination was for God to retaliate the frustration that Habakkuk was angry at him. But God didn't do that. Um, two takeaways. First of all, God welcomed the confrontation from Habakkuk because he so desired relationship with Him. He could handle Habakkuk's frustration, and I think he can handle our frustration with the things that we see around us. But then ultimately, to your point, Marco, uh, the second takeaway, and really the one that the book is rooted in. Uh, was was how God responded to Habakkuk he said no i've i've been here all along i know about these trials that you see i have a plan to confront them uh, but guess what my my plan is you i've been waiting on you to come to me and say i'm ready god to carry your plan to the world so if you're ready Habakkuk uh, i'm ready as well and i just i would tell you and i, I would tell your listeners marco that I think that's the moment we're at in history. And I think the church, I think followers of Jesus Christ are waking up to this reality. I think for a long time, I, maybe we, if I dare say we, yeah, yeah. have been saying to God, do it God, come, come. you know, where are you? What, what?" And God is saying to us, no, are you ready? I made you to be the answer. It's for my glory, but I made you to be the vessel. And Marco, I think we're waking up to that. I think we're on the edge of a moment where people are going to step into that gap and carry the fame and the power of our God into our culture. And frankly, that's my prayer. That's the ultimate prayer of this book. That people would be inspired to stand in that gap and to do what Habakkuk said, uh, to say, God, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Send me. In fact, let me, let me read for you. It's Habakkuk 3.2. This is, this is at the very end of the book. Habakkuk's finally broken down. And he says, okay, God, I'll do it. This is Habakkuk 3.2. He says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. That's what I think our mantra needs to be this, uh, in this season.
0: Yeah, man, my country is having, like, like, we are finding the purpose in Jesus because my country is, like, having tough times right now. Mm. I think more than in the United States. So mm. I want you to give them a message of, I mean, how they can find their purpose in this time
1: yeah this time and after this absolutely okay um i think what i would tell them is to look at the story of moses um because we all think of moses as this giant hero of faith right one of god's mighty heroes there was a time marco where god wanted to kill moses yeah (laughs) god wanted to kill moses and why did he want to kill moses he wanted to kill moses because while god had called moses to his purposes Moses wanted God to send someone else. And I think we do that a lot. And so to the people that you're talking about, I would say you might be taking stock of your own qualifications or your own struggles, and you might be saying to God, I need you to send someone else. I'm not up to the task. Marco, there is no one else. God created each one of us for a specific purpose. He placed us on this earth in a specific time to meet a specific need. And if the if the fame and the power of God are going to embrace our culture like he wants it to, it's gonna require each of us to not want him to send someone else, but to step forward and say, God, use me. I know that, that on my own strength and my own intellect, I'm not good enough, but I also know that you live in me, so send me. So look at the story of Moses realized that God wanted to send God wanted to kill even Moses when Moses wanted to send someone else But when Moses said find God send me look what God did through him
0: Man, you are really amazing You mm-hmm. inspire me like each time. I read a book it's the second time. I read as in search mm-hmm. of the king And I'm so thankful you are here giving mm-hmm. this message and thank you very much to give this message to the Latinos and my audience
1: so thank. Marco. I love you, brother. Thank you for having me on. This is this is this is why we were sent here. We all have different jobs. Your work's a little different than my work on a day-to-day basis, but we were all sent primarily in different capacities, different occupations, to be vessels for the fame and power of God. So let, let's do it. Thank you very much, Dan. Love you, brother.